0: Concerns over passengers on late-night routes being left behind due to a lack of capacity and worries around anti-social behaviour have led to Dublin Bus writing to the National Transport Authority looking for action and extra capacity. I'm joined by Sean Yates, Dublin Bus driver, Timmy Dooley, Fianna Fáil Senator in Clare, spokesperson on Climate Action Communication Networks and Transport, and by Kieran Hart, Head of Ireland for Uber. But first, Sean Yates, good morning.
1: Good morning, Pat. How are you this morning?
0: I'm very well, thank you. What is the experience like for the late-night bus driver?
1: Well, it's it's a bit of a horror story at the moment. The drivers are reporting that the uh, capacity issues and the anti-social behaviour issues around key stops in the city centre is becoming really problematic. And they are fearful that it's going to escalate with the potential for another Wellington key. The unions have written to the company in relation to it. And unfortunately, from Dublin Bus's point of view, uh, years ago, where they'd be able to just slot a bus in when they wanted to have to go to the NTA for funding for anything these days.
0: So is the issue about capacity that you get people who've had a few jars in Temple Bar or wherever it might be, uh, they come out, they expect to get the late night bus service home because there simply aren't enough taxis. And then
1: maybe there's no room on the bus. That's exactly what's happening. Um, say a bus coming around into Delair Street, for example, and everybody's cleared out at the one time, even though it's a 24 hour service. Everyone wants to get home. If a bus comes around with a capacity of 90, and there could be 60 people standing at the stop, and then there's probably twenty or 40 already on the bus.
0: And then what happens? People start to mill out onto the street.
1: That's, that's the problem. And of course, the drivers are frustrated because obviously they just want to load and go. Um, so they've been venting their anger at the trade unions. And we obviously in Torin have had to get onto Dublin bus and say, look, we need capacity issues resolved here. And also there's an element of, of uh, security to, to assist with loading and of, of the buses in the streets.
0: Now, do you have any security at all? Because, I mean, time was, when I was a lad, there was a driver and a bus conductor on the bus a long time ago. Uh, but it, at least it did maintain an order because the driver has to drive and concentrate on that and can't necessarily be walking up and down the bus, keeping people yeah. quiet.
1: Yeah, Pat, you're showing your age. Unfortunately, <laughs> we, we, uh, we don't have any security. We do have inspectors. Um, uh, 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 at various times during the day not so much at night and again we've also asked for that to be even increased but I think again that the the book stops once again with the, with the NTA because Dublin Bus only operate the service the NTA would have to fund any level of security and uh, at the moment we don't have any
0: now, the NTA has said it had approved a number of overnight additional capacity services uh, to alleviate uh, the issue. Have you seen any sign of that?
1: Not at present. And I know only last week at uh, one of our union meetings, the, the drivers, reps from Fidsborough Depot um, had written to the company to say, look, if it's not resolved, the drivers are saying that it's not safe. They're just not going to stop at the stops.
0: Now, the, the question of the cost of this, I mean, is this a loss-making service, do you think?
1: Oh, I wouldn't be able to comment on, on, on that again. Uh, Dub- Dublin Bus would be the best people to, yeah. to answer that question. I think that the idea is that the service is put out there as a public service, but there's not not much point in putting it out there if people can't use it.
0: Yeah, and is there any issue about collecting the fares?
1: Um, there can be at times where people, because of the very nature, they just want to get on, they're, they're, they're rambunctious, they're... Out for a night out, they're not meaning much harm, but they just pile on, and the driver's yeah. in the cab. He's not going to take take ownership of that.
0: Yeah, uh, and the 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 question is then the frequency of the buses at the moment. How often do they come? Uh, how many of them are there?
1: Well, at the at the moment, you know, you have anywhere from fifteen minute to twenty minute services, but they don't always operate because again, the capacity and Dublin bus are facing into a driver shortage too. They're trying to recruit more staff, and um, into these roles, and not a lot of people really want to be working at night.
0: Yeah, I see on the side of the buses there's an ad for drivers actually, uh, suggesting how much they might uh, earn in a week if they were to to work for Dublin Bus. But this uh, crisis is brought about by the the fact that the late night economy is booming after the pandemic, and for some reason the taxis have evaporated.
1: Yeah, well, there seems to be a massive shortage of taxis and there's actually quite a few ex-taxi drivers have come into Dublin Bus to walk because it's uh, less hassle for them. Um, but unfortunately, the, 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 the NTA want to introduce, which is a good thing to have, have bus services running through the night, but you have to have the infrastructure there that walks alongside them, like security and, and uh, capacity.
0: Yeah, I I noticed that uh, they have got approval, the NTA, for uh, allowing drivers from outside uh, the jurisdiction to come in, get visas and so on uh, to drive buses. But I'm sure it takes a while to to get people, if you'll pardon the pun, up to speed uh, so they know the routes and so on.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, training is is a massive issue, and Dublin Bus put a lot of resources into making sure that uh, that their drivers come in, that before they go out on the road, they actually know where they're going. So it does take anything from when they come in from four to six weeks training in in, in the training school and then going to the depots where they have to learn maybe seven or eight routes in a, a number of weeks.
0: So finally, Sean, your plea is for more services, which means, of course, more drivers and more actual buses on the ground late at night and security.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the infrastructure has to be put in place. It's all very fine having more capacity. But if people, as you said yourself, are milling out onto the, onto the road, there's a serious safety issue there. And that can only be resolved by crowd control, which would involve security.
0: Dublin bus driver Sean Yates. Sean, thank you very much for joining us on the programme. Thanks,
1: for have a good day.
0: Now, Kieran Hart is head of Ireland for Uber. Kieran, good morning. Good morning, Pat. No, this would not uh, be a problem if there was a sufficiency of taxis, uh, although taxis are going to cost more to get home uh, than would a, a bus fare. But nonetheless, people are out for a night. They're going to spend their money. They'd happily pay for a taxi, many of them, if there was a taxi around. Why aren't there more?
2: I agree with Sean. Buses are so important to help us move in and out of town, but we need the infrastructure of taxi to do the trips the buses are not going to be able to do. And the challenge is that uh, we have seen a shortage of taxis for a number of years now. We used to be at 27,000 taxis in Ireland. We're now down to 19,000. So simply what we need to do is get more taxis, more Hackneys on the road, and more drivers driving. We once had 47,000 drivers licensed. We're now down to 25,000. So simply we just need more cars driving at the right
0: time and more drivers. Now, what are the inhibitions to both of those problems, uh, the the number of vehicles available and the number of drivers available? You talked about Hackneys. Um, the Hackney license is has effectively disappeared, I think.
2: Yeah, it has. And that was something really that happened at, at 2000 um, due to a court case. And that makes Ireland slightly different to um, other markets we operate in, where people are able to use uh, the vehicle that they, they privately own. They don't need to go out and buy a brand new vehicle, which is currently what most drivers need to do to enter the industry. And they're able to then get licensed and, and get the vehicle licensed and drive that vehicle. And that helps bring the right drivers out at the right times, and to help support the city when we most need those cars on on a more part time basis.
0: Now, uh, are you saying that in most jurisdictions where Uber works, that uh, the vehicles are almost invariably new vehicles that you can't buy a banger and become an Uber driver?
2: No, correct. So we're licensed. We're regulated over ten thousand cities across the world. So any of your listeners who have who have taken an Uber in Paris or London or across the UK would realise that they're standard saloon-type vehicles, new vehicles, they've all been licensed by their local authority, and drivers themselves are licensed. The big challenge for us in Ireland is there's huge restrictions on what type of vehicle you need to enter either the taxi or the Hackney industry now, and that's why we've seen those numbers fall from 27,000 to 19,000.
0: The kind of vehicle, uh, if you were to to buy one uh, to enter the industry for the first time, it has got to be wheelchair accessible.
2: Yeah, it needs to be a vehicle which can be modified to be wheelchair accessible, and they, to be to be honest, very hard found at the moment with vehicle shortages across the globe.
0: Uh, but besides that, uh, you, do you believe that it's? Uh, Maybe an excessive amount of regulation, because the reason it was brought in originally was that people who needed to get from A to B, often for medical treatment, who were in a wheelchair, found it was virtually impossible to get a taxi. So they changed the rules in the hope that as vehicles were retired and new vehicles were brought in, that there would be a fleet that was pretty much 100% accessible.
2: And that philosophy still is, is is a very strong one. The problem is we're not seeing that. We're not seeing the number of new wheelchair accessible vehicles grow to the point where it is replacing the amount of vehicles that are leaving the industry. And the single best thing we can do at the moment to improve access for wheelchair users is actually increase the overall number of taxis and hackneys on the road so that people who need those wheelchair vehicles aren't competing with the general populace who don't have the same requirements for those wheelchair vehicles.
0: Now, uh, the the criticism of Uber from the taxi industry generally uh, has been that if you look at the international experience, Uber will maybe uh, have young people, students perhaps who've got access to a a good vehicle, a new vehicle, and without any heritage, if you like, in the industry, without passing any exams, uh, they can become an Uber driver. You are not, it appears, suggesting that for Ireland. You're suggesting Hackneys would uh, be the Uber drivers of for uh, this jurisdiction.
2: Yeah, they would. We would want all drivers to be licensed by the NTA, um, and we would want um, proportionate driver licensing. So another thing we hear from drivers is that they say um, they use SatNav, like most of us use SatNav, to get from A to B. They don't want to do the months of training to actually have to memorise all the street names in their local city and and all the landmarks. And we think that we we should think about proportionate licensing as well for drivers to encourage more drivers into the industry.
0: Now, just to be clear, uh, so uh, people understand the difference between the Hackney and uh, the taxi driver, the Hackney uh, is normally called uh, by uh, telephone and booked and also indicates the likely fare that it's going to cost from A to B.
2: Exactly, so importantly, hackers can only do pre-booked work. They can't pick up off the street. So in that sense, um, you'll find a lot more drivers would be interested in doing that work because it it cuts out a lot of the safety risks of picking up people off the street. All the work is pre-booked, and in the case of Uber, that's all paid for via the app and via credit card. So people don't even have to, drivers don't have to handle money and facilitate payments and the uh, interpersonal conflict that that can sometimes Mm. cause. So opening up the industry, getting more taxis, which we think is important, and also hackneys on the road, can really open it up to a new Mm. cohort of drivers.
0: Now, people using their private cars as hackneys, uh, uh, how would they be marked so that uh, if you order an Uber, for example, from uh, a restaurant where you are and a car pulls up outside the door, how do you know and how do you think it should be Um, labelled or marked as an Uber so people know what they're getting into?
2: So in the case of uh, vehicles currently, so if you think about limousines in Dublin, they have an NTA roundel. So there actually already is livery also branding on those vehicles to show that it's a licensed NTA vehicle. That would be the same for Hackney's. But with Uber, the safety of an app like Uber means that actually when you order a car, you see before the car arrives, you see the make, the model, the number plate of that car, and you actually see that car arriving on your screen. So that gives you that level of comfort and safety, knowing that the vehicle you're about to get picked up in is a licensed
0: vehicle. And for the driver, of course, uh, there's the security. It's been ordered and paid for by credit card. If um, someone, pardon the phrase, vomits in the back of the car, uh, they can recover the cost uh, very easily uh, from the credit card. They can indeed. And
2: what we, when we speak to drivers who, who enter the industry new to drive with apps like Uber, it really is about the safety. It's about drivers that, again, don't want to have to pick up passengers off the street. They don't feel comfortable doing that. But they would be prepared to join the industry and work where they're only doing pre-booked trips. And as I said, where they're not having to carry cash on them or facilitate payments in the car. And that's been one of the, the keys to the success of Uber globally.
0: Right, uh, Kieran, thank you very much for joining us. Kieran Hart is head of Ireland for Uber. Uh, listening to all of that, uh, Timmy Dooley, Fianna Fáil senator uh, and spokesperson on climate action, communication networks and transport. Uh, Timmy, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, uh, what Kieran says, uh, if Sean outlined the problem that the Dublin bus drivers are experiencing—a lack of capacity, capacity, capacity—Kieran coming up with the solutions. Uh, what say you?
3: Yeah, well I mean first of all we do recognise there's a very significant problem. Um, a lot of it I think is as a result of um, a failure of successive governments to recognise the importance uh, of transport workers whether they be taxi drivers or bus drivers. Um, whilst Dublin Bus have an interesting campaign at the minute trying to encourage drivers and they're putting on the side of their buses what a driver can make per week. When you when you break that down and expect them to raise a family in a city where the cost of living has grown so significantly and the difficulty and we all know about in relation to housing and rents, (coughs) it puts it in context. And maybe for far too long we have undervalued those really important workers on the service delivery side um, and we've expected them to work at relatively low rates um, the, the, our benefit in terms of providing uh, cheap services so we've got mm. to relook at that I mean
0: yeah, re- but you, re- you, you are a party of government and Fianna Fáil is uh, uh, so, so therefore uh, you can use your influence uh, to, to get the transport minister to get the finger out and uh, first of all insist that drivers are paid better secondly make sure there are enough late night buses and thirdly sort out the taxi problem
3: yeah, and in every opportunity that I've had over recent years, I, I, I have made that point. And we, we've had the taxi drivers, uh, the various different groupings before our transport committee, where they set out in a very fair and and you know elaborate way how certain relatively minor changes would improve their lot. By their nature, uh, unfortunately, younger cohort of people are not being encouraged into the taxi service because they don't see it as the capacity to make a viable living with all the costs that have gone up. So there's an older cohort of taxi drivers who, by their nature, want to get their work done during the day and they're not prepared to be out late at night. There's restrictions then in relation to the age of the car that have been brought in, which are unnecessary from a climate change point of view. Yes, of course, you don't want to have older cars on the road. But a car of up to ten years or older can still be in very good mechanical order, uh, and taxi drivers would say to yeah, me they can not see. But, but, but the I mean, necessity the, to the
0: government has made concessions. If taxis uh, buy a, a new electric vehicle, they get a concession. Um, th- there was always the a, 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 an argument. The side of
3: things is that they're not av- they're, they haven't been available. I mean, I spoke to taxi drivers a number of months ago, and whilst they had orders in uh they're taking too long to be delivered because i mean the war in ukraine has had a a a supply chain issue in terms of electric vehicles and indeed covid prior to that has so you've had this perfect storm in terms of taxi drivers wanting to do their bit for the environment prepared to change over but just the supply lines Um, are not providing an adequate supply. But but there there
0: are other ways. In some jurisdictions, for example, people can buy a brand new vehicle, VAT free. They can write it off uh, against their taxes and so on. If they sell that vehicle, then um, the the VAT is retrieved uh, from Mm. the private owner who might buy that uh, car when it's uh, being moved on. So there are innovative and creative ways of getting the fleet up to date uh, because no one really wants to get into a smelly old banger as a taxi.
3: No, no, absolutely. And I mean, I mean, taxi drivers by their nature recognise that and, you know, some of the restrictions that were brought in in recent years were aimed at ensuring that because there were a couple of large operators that had co- attempted to come into the market with low end, poor quality cars just to flood the market at a time when the availability of licences um, had changed a little bit like the housing crisis that we had in the late noughties where we had an oversupply and we had ghost estates there was a time there where it looked like we were going to devalue the entire taxi industry because so many people were gaining license that has changed Chan recently okay so, you know, so, the, so the idea of, so, of
0: licensing uh, lots of hackney uh, drivers who might be part-time drivers for example um, <laughs> someone here says if Uber or a similar rideshare service was introduced in Ireland it would transform rural Ireland uh, a side income for many people and a convenience for older people or people without cars uh, not to mind how it would help the rural pubs. Um I have a taxi license. I will not be going back to the industry unless they change the wheelchair accessible vehicle only rule. They're a crazy price and they are uncomfortable vans in truth. Uh, order collection and tracking of an Uber or similar is safer than blindly hailing a taxi on the street. If this were available to me as a side gig on the weekend, I'd absolutely take this up as would many I know and the final one the main reason why many taxi drivers have left the industry including myself after 24 years driving a Dublin taxi is because payment is becoming cashless and as a result there will always be a shortage of drivers in the future Uh, John suggesting that uh, cash in hand perhaps invisible to the revenue is uh, what was appealing about the trade it's no longer so so Timmy what are you going to do? Well, I mean, we've done some work with the Transport Committee
3: already, but what I'd like to see happen is for the NTA to take on uh, the mantle, because that's ultimately what they're responsible for, engage proactively with the taxi uh, drivers and their federations, and looking at the ride shares, you have free now, you have Uber, and you have many other organisations out there who provide that uh, cashless environment. I I, I don't think there's a a one-size-fits-all. I think rural areas will require something different to the city, Um, and I think it's the you know charge now for, for for the nta to resolve that i do think though in society generally we need to look at as i said at the outset how we enumerate uh transport workers in general and um, whilst a I, I short-term measure to bring in 1500 drivers from outside uh, the european union and outside the eea is a an immediate response that's probably needed let's look at the people who, who we have already living here and how can we incentivize them? How can we make it a decent living? Okay. So you want to, to do be... what the,
0: the nurses are calling for, the midwives are calling for, um, you know, public service workers will be calling for a, a Dublin waiting that would add, think, add more to I think, their incomes. I, I,
3: I, I think we have to look at the whole issue of living wage, which, which is which is often talked about, but rarely advanced. But, you know, we, 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 we place a certain value in a consultant and a doctor and a dentist. And we, we all seem to know what they should be paid and what's appropriate mm-hmm. for them. I rarely hear anybody talking about, but the person is responsible for uh, our sewage systems, who without whom uh, we couldn't survive. Without well, bus drivers, a, 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 without carpenters a different and, area and, and uh, that we will
0: talk about, perhaps on another time. Timmy Dooley, Senator Fianna Faw, Thank you very much for joining us on the line.
1: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.